This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. To learn more and sign up for our industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com. Hey, fellow hosts. If you want to take your hosting business to the next level, then join the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy. Whether you own, rent, or manage properties, we have the resources, the tools, and the community to help you achieve your goals. The Short-Term Rental Profit Academy is ready for any host, any size, and includes a membership portal with over 50 hours of video lessons, a private Facebook group, and weekly live coaching calls, where Eric and I give you direct feedback and help you solve your biggest challenges. We're all about taking action and getting results. So if you're ready to start crushing it, sign up for our program at strprofitacademy.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to episode number 357 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today we're going to talk on a very, very important topic, how to avoid the pandemic partiers. As you probably know, there's a lot of parties going on today and that's not what we want. And so I invited the number one party prevention expert in the short-term rental space, Mr. Michael Golden, head of uh, business development at NoiseAware. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Jasper. Glad to be number 357. What an honor. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Almost 365. That's one, one podcast a day for a year. There you go. Pumping <laughs> them out. I love it. Awesome. So uh, we're going to touch on uh, a lot of uh, things relating to parties today. Uh, we're going to split it up in three sections. Number one, why are there more parties happening? What's going on right now? Number two, what can we do to prevent these parties? And number three is what do we do if a party does happen, right? So let's dive in with the, in the, first, the first topic. You know, what's going on? Why, why are there so many of these parties happening right now? Well, there's a number of factors that play into it. It all boils down into really one thing, and that is the need for social interaction. The whole social distancing construct is, is a very interesting one because those two words are kind of counter- productive in their meanings. Being social and being distanced are two very different things. Humans need social contact. And if restaurants, bars, nightclubs, sporting events, concerts, all these things are closed or, or restricted or have you know caps on 20% occupancy, things like that, People find other ways. They're very creative. And it didn't take long for us to see that. March was, was a pretty steep decline in, in all activities for everywhere across the globe, really. The first half of April was the same. And uh, we started seeing signs of life, really, the second half of April and, and a lot more into May. You've got colleges were home from university. They, they went on spring break and never came back. Again, sporting events totally canceled, concerts eliminated. The, any gatherings that, that people would have to release stress or 
catch up with their friends or meet new people vanished overnight. And where a lot of people have been turning since it have been short-term rentals. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what we've seen as well. We're getting a lot of reports from parties happening. Um, and also Airbnb actually bent, uh, people bent parties, first of all, and they, they tried to put in some restrictions around uh, age and location and stuff like that. It seems to me that those measures haven't been very effective. Uh, it looks like the, especially the younger people are quite uh, tech savvy and they, uh, they understand how to get around those limitations. Is, is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, the whole banning parties thing is interesting. It's, uh, I think, the third time they've officially banned parties. So to what extent it's been successful you know, there's, there's an interesting thing that I think it's called the Barbra Streisand effect. Back in like 2000, someone took a, an aerial photo of her property and she hated it. She didn't want it. She tried to sue them to take it down. And what happened was there was a multiplier effect because people were talking about Barbra Streisand's house. Now everyone's looking at her house and now everyone wants to see it. So instead of that one picture going out, the... 10 people saw, now a million people saw it. Mm -hmm. And I think by continuing to talk about Airbnb house parties in the news and the media, it's actually giving a lot of people, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't I just rent out a short-term rental and throw a party? So (laughs) it's very interesting to see the more it gets talked about, seemingly the more it causes problems. And then you've got the people who are professionals at it. And there's people who will actually pay friends networks for their listing account and book through them in good standing. So even if you have screening measures in place, they're booking through someone who's in great standing and has a track record of good stays and throwing parties under their account. So it it makes it a lot more challenging to do some of the screening up front. And then the last piece is I, I was on a call with Central Florida last week. And these people have gotten pretty sophisticated. They're throwing out Facebook invites or Instagram invites, event brights, but they're not just renting one house, they're renting three or four. So when they get shut down at one, they go three blocks down the road and they've got another house already ready to go. It's wild. (laughs) Wow. The level of sophistication has uh, really taken off. That's really, that's really next level. It's interesting that you mentioned that just by creating so much publicity around parties at Airbnbs, that it gives people ideas. I was actually talking to a friend last week and she was saying like, hey, it's my birthday, you know, we should do, I want to do like a small party. I'm like, well, we can't really do it at my place. We can't really do it at your place. Why don't we rent an Airbnb? Yeah. (laughs) So I can totally see that. Okay, so we touched on, you know, why are there so many parties happening, of course, People need social contact, especially younger people. Clubs are closed. A lot of people are staying at home, right? I was just visiting my brother and talking to his children, and, and they're dying to go somewhere and to blow some steam off, right? So that's what, uh, that's what young people are starting to do. They're not as worried about the, the virus as well. So let's move on to the next topic, and this is the, probably the most important one is Okay, so how do we prevent these parties from happening? Now, we already touched on Airbnb put in some restrictions. Those don't seem to be very effective. Screening is is another way that we can 
prevent people from uh, or spotting the partiers. You know, some signs are like new profile, bad grammar, short answers, not really having a plan of what to do, right? Because if you're booking a party for one night, you, you don't really have a plan of like, oh, what am I going to do some sightseeing or whatnot? So you can, do, you can do that screening. And the way I like to think about this is put yourself in the position of the party booker, right? So if you wanted to throw a party at Airbnb, how would you do that, right? You would probably not want to do it under your own account. You probably don't want to be identifiable because Airbnb is also said that they're going to sue people who throw parties, right? You don't really want the host to be able to track you down so you want to provide as little information as possible. So by putting ourselves in the shoes of that party goer, you know, we can kind of filter and screen. But I think we need a little bit more than that currently. So what, what are some other ways to prevent these parties? Yeah, look, for everything you implement, people are getting smarter and smarter. There's really three phases of party protection. Pre-booking, during booking, and then what happens after the stay. So pre-booking... There's a lot of things you can do in your listing. One is say no parties. Two is say you use noise aware. The people who are actively looking to throw a party don't want to see noise monitoring in the unit because they're obviously trying to do the opposite. You can use companies like Autohost or GuardHog to do guest screening. Those certainly can help catch a lot of the bad actors Asking simple questions, like you said, why are you coming? What's the purpose of your stay? You booked a place that sleeps eight, but you said only two people are coming. Why are you renting a place that's so big for just two people? You can also say things like, I'm going to meet you at the property. So give me the names of who's going to show up and, and I'll be there. And whether you actually go or not, you know, I think it's, it can be a bluff for you. But those are a few of the things you can do before the stay. Obviously, during the stay, you have to be very, very conscious on what you do in, in terms of privacy for the guests. A really good combination would be having something like a ring doorbell and using noise aware inside. So ring obviously lets you know when people are coming in and out. Most people can't check their ring all the time when they have guests coming in and out on 10, 15, 100 properties. It's just too much. So you use noise aware to let you know when something starts to happen. And then you can start checking ring to see if folks are coming in and out, right? Most people that are loud are not actually throwing a party. Our, our data looks something like one in every 20 stays is a noise event that could be disruptive to the neighbors. And one in every 200 stays is actually a full-blown party. So if you have just a single unit, you could go one, two, or three years without having a full-blown party. But if you have 200 listings, you're probably having one every weekend. So statistically speaking, and you, you just have to be able to rely both on, on screening up front on technology and not rely on your neighbors. The neighbors have historically been your noise detectors and if we wanted to maintain any semblance of reasonable rental regulations across the world, cannot rely on neighbors to be your noise detectors. So one in 200 stays is a, is a party. I think I hosted like five or 600 stays and I, I had one party. 
So I guess I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty well. Statistically speaking, you're, you're well ahead of the curve. The, we have some people that have parties literally every weekend. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did steal my TVs though. So, but you mentioned a couple things that we can do to prevent those parties. Uh, I think one of the most effective strategies is to have these, these things in place, like a, a video camera, noise aware. But most importantly, it's communicating that in your listing. Right. And so, for example, if you create, if you put a picture of your noise device and you put it in your photo gallery, uh, then people are going to notice that versus where if you write it in your description and, you know, of course you want to put it in your house rules and everything. But I think by the time someone has made the decision to book and then they see, oh, parties are not allowed. I don't know how that's going to deter them because they probably realize that parties are not allowed. But if they're scrolling through the photos and they immediately see like, oh, this person has a video on the door, a noise aware device, they'll probably go and check out a different listing, I would imagine. Yeah. And yeah. then you talked, you touched on uh, bluffing. And that's something that we were discussing with the student group in the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy. And uh, it seems that just letting people know that you, you live nearby or your manager lives nearby or there's somebody who is either in the building or next door, just letting people know that that's the case seems to be a very strong deterrent. Uh, whether that's actually true or not, you know, that doesn't probably doesn't really matter. Like just by mentioning yeah. it. So hey, and you can I frame it in a positive a, way. Sorry about that. Yeah, if I were trying to throw a party and, and I was told that the owner lived next door, I'm definitely going to be looking somewhere else, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can frame it in a positive way. Same, same with the video cameras because the thing is with all these these measures to deter the partiers at the same time you also don't want to sound unwelcoming to the 99 percent of guests that are not looking to throw a party right so i always like to think you know how can we have something in place that deters the partiers but at the same time it also sounds still welcoming and inviting mm-hmm. um, and so one thing that you can say is like hey to guarantee your security we have an outside camera installed Right. So now you're, you're framing it as like, Hey, you know, we're concerned about your safety and you're not saying like, Hey, I'm, I want to make sure you're not a partier. So I'm going to let you know yeah. I have a video camera. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's markets like Tahoe, for example, where if you were creating noise outside past 10 PM, the homeowner gets a thousand dollar fine and the guest gets a thousand dollar fine. So it really is for the guests benefit to know if they're being excessively loud to avoid a thousand dollar fine. And I think laws, rules, regulations like that are going to be more common as the pendulum swings to figure out how to best regulate short-term rentals. One other thing that that I failed to mention that's important, and I know we've talked about this on on Legends groups, but one night stays, just not worth it. So in uh, Arizona, Verbo banned one-night stays in early September. And NoiseWare, we looked at our data before and after that ban, and there was a 36% decrease in excessive noise after the one-night ban went into place. So you're reducing your risk by a third by simply implementing a one-night ban. How many of our homes are are getting booked one night by the ideal customer base that we're after? 
I'd venture to guess not many. Most people have a, a two or three night minimum. And financially for the, the traveler, usually it doesn't make sense to stay in a rental for one night because cleaning fees are so much higher. It's really nights two, three, and, and four that, that the economics get a little bit better for, for the traveler. But people throwing parties doesn't matter to them, right? Paying an extra 100 bucks to have a private venue is worth it. So it's an important measure likely to, to implement across the board. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point. It is usually cheaper to book a hotel for one night um, than it is an Airbnb because of the cleaning cost. So I guess when you do get a one night stay inquiry, the question like, hey, why, why are you booking one night becomes a really interesting one because, you know, what kind of reasons can there be, right? It's, it's either the only things I can think of is like, you know, maybe you, you have a, an early flight, right? But people aren't really flying right now. So there's, yeah, there's not a lot of reasons. You yeah, having a, having a baby is good. I don't want to share a hotel room with my one-year-old because neither of us would sleep. Um, <laughs> there are acceptable answers to it, but in general, especially if you have a one-bedroom or a two-bedroom, you know, one-night stay probably doesn't make sense. I mean, really, a, a five-bedroom, it doesn't really make sense either. How many groups are going to be traveling and just spending one night somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Hi, everybody. It's Margot Schmorak. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. We are so happy to be sponsoring this podcast with Jasper in hopes that it helps you during this challenging time. Hostfully helps 17,000 property managers around the world with property management software and digital guidebooks. And even in the midst of these hard times, we're seeing our customers get creative. I thought you might like to hear a few stories from them. One of our customers who's based outside of New York City is changing their rental model and shifting to long-term stays. And despite many cancellations, she was able to get a two-month booking in one of her rentals. Another customer took advantage of this time to do some poignant email marketing, emphasizing that they thoroughly clean the rental after every guest, and also implementing a 48-hour waiting period to protect future guests from any potential harm. To hear more stories like these and prepare yourself for this very low, but hopefully very short season, please go to hostfully.com and sign up for our newsletter. We're excited to hear from you. Be well. All right, sweet. So um, let's move to the third uh, topic of this podcast, which is the partier has already entered your home and the noiseware monitor explodes. You get notifications on your phone. Noise levels are out of control. People are partying at your place. Well, let's take a step back and let's say, what should you do when you get a notification from your noiseware device that, that people are making too much noise? Yeah, good starting point. So a bit of its context of knowing who's in your unit and what time of hour it is and the risk factors that you might already know about beforehand. But a simple, friendly, hospitable text solves 75% of all noise issues in fewer than 15 minutes. So, hey, Jasper, just a reminder, you know, Atlanta has a, a quiet hour rule that starts at 10 p.m. Please make sure that you're abiding by this. Friendly reminder, not accusing anybody of anything. Most people are just excited on their first night stay. And they just need a reminder of, of the rules. Now, that brings up another important thing. Most of the noise issues happen on the first night of your stay. 
And if you can curb or train the guests on how to behave properly in your rental on the first night, you don't have issues other nights. But if you let them throw a rager the first night, they might invite more people the second night and it becomes a, a bigger snowballing effect issue. From there, we're able to resolve 95% of noise issues remotely without ever having to escalate the issue. So the, the following message to the guests is a little bit more stern. Hey, I just got a noise complaint from our neighbors. We take this very seriously. Please calm down or please turn it down. Enjoy your stay, just be responsible, right? And 95% of the time we're solving within those two text messages within a matter of 15, 20 minutes. Escalation from there really depends on the owner or the company and what they're comfortable with. I would not recommend you as a single owner going to a party that has 250 people at it, right? The fact that if, if 250 people can show up within a, a 15, 20 minute window, they're very, very well organized. It's probably not going to happen. We've stopped parties where a manager actually shows up to the house and there are a line of Ubers down the street, like 20 cars long. And, but they stopped it before it got crazy out of hand. And they literally just said, stay in your car, get out of here. Right. So they were able to avert a really big, massive issue before it really became a tragic headline, right? You let these parties go on for two, three, four hours, and sometimes people get shot. Like it, it really can be a matter of, of life and death by stopping these issues before they become too serious. Yeah, I was going to say if there's 250 people partying at your house, you're probably better off joining the party than trying to stop it on your own. Yeah, you, you, you just need, uh, you need the police at that point. Exactly. They, they look something like this. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you want to see the background that Michael's just uh, turned on, uh, go to YouTube, Get Paid for Your Pad uh, YouTube, uh, where you can uh, watch all these interviews, all the podcast interviews. Cool. So, so that's good to know. That's actually good news. 95% of noise complaints or noise breaches can be solved with a few simple text messages. Um, yeah, Eric's got some really cool video of using noise aware to text the guests that they need to calm down and quiet down and parties aren't allowed. And then he flips on the ring camera and you see 12 or 13 people just leaving his property within two minutes of that text going out. Oh, wow. So it's super cool. And people love to send the text and then watch our graphs and just watch the noise slowly fall to an acceptable level. You, you it's, can a, see it's a really satisfying feeling. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Because you can see that, right? You can see on your phone, you can literally watch those, those noise monitors, which is really awesome. Okay, so uh, what, what do you do in those, in that 5% when people do have a party? You mentioned if it's a big party out of, for safety reasons, you might not want to go there by yourself. Uh, or maybe you want to go and just kind of watch from a distance and see what's going on, then decide what the next uh, step will be. But what, what else can you do? What, what do you do? Call the police or 
get some friends together, <laughs> check it out? Yeah, look, it, it really depends on a, a few different factors. And I don't want to say what's going to be best for each company. Everyone has their own security protocols. I can give a few different examples of what we have seen. Some people are brave and they just go to the property themselves, right? Others will call the police. Others will go to the property, take photos of it to, to prove, you know, once, because damage is inevitable once you're having a party, to prove that there was excessive people there that were not on the listing or on the booking. Some places have band together to hire security companies. So if your city or, or town is very organized through something like Rent Responsibly, you can hire a, a security company and share the costs across everybody. And the escalation is calling them and sending them out to the property. It can be dangerous in some cases to go out to a party where people are drunk and not making good decisions already. So it's really going to be up to the manager and their, their processes from there. And I imagine that would be a good deterrent as well. If you do end up uh, going with the security company with a, with a bunch of other uh, hosts or companies in your area, uh, mentioning that in your listing, I imagine that would be a very strong deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. Regular drive-bys from a security company. And then we can frame it again in a positive way. We can frame it as for your security, you know, we have a, a deal with this security company. Although now that I'm saying that, if I would read that in a listing, I would think you need a security what? company. <laughs> what neighborhood is this? So yeah, I look, it would depend on the city and in, in cities that are less safe, that can be seen as a, a benefit. Um, right. You're getting a single family home in New Orleans. A lot of people are, might be uncomfortable with you know, the surrounding neighborhoods that are right downtown. Uh, so it could be seen as a benefit. But if you're in Hollywood, it might be seen as a little creepy. So, Yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, thanks so much for, for sharing all this information. I think that was super, super helpful. Um, now, we talked about the noise-aware devices. I think they're awesome. Preventing parties and preventing complaints from neighbors and preventing, as you said, like 95% of the cases uh, can be prevented from escalating with a few simple messages. Um, so I think that's huge value. For the people who are interested in getting a noise-aware device, how, where do they go? How do they get one? Yeah, you can uh, go through get paid for your pads links or come to us directly and, and mention uh, you heard about us from this show and we'll have a, a special offer ready for your listeners. Awesome. And can you provide a little detail on the, on the pricing and the, and the model? Yeah, so we have two different pricing models. One is for professional hosts and another is for uh, single owners. Uh, the single owners have a, a hardware cost and a small monthly servicing cost. And the professionals at scale have no hardware cost and a, a slightly higher monthly cost as a result of us financing hardware essentially. So it depends a lot on scale. If you have 10 units or you have a thousand, but uh, it's quite affordable if, if you're stopping a, even a single party. Yeah, especially now with there's there's so many people that are looking to party, but also it's really hard to uh, get in touch with Airbnb support and you know get damages refunded and all that stuff. 
as we all know, Airbnb has laid off a lot of uh, employees, unfortunately. So it's, uh, it's been a bit more difficult to go through that resolution center functionality that they, uh, that they have. For those who are listening, if you're interested, getting a NoiseAware device, they're awesome. And uh, you go to noiseaware.com. Uh, Mention that you were coming through Get Paid for Your Pad. You listen to this interview and uh, Michael will give you a, uh, a generous discount. So sweet. <laughs> I love that. Thank That's you, Michael. Right. And you mentioned one more important thing that I want to touch on, which is we're bringing data to an argument that's always been a he said, she said. So when you're going through resolution processes with Airbnb, for example, and you can provide data that this house was excessive and you tried to text them and ask them to quiet down and they didn't, your case just got that much easier to resolve. So bring data to the argument always helps with resolution. That's a really good point uh, because we as hosts, we have to prove that somebody actually did damages or you have to make it uh, credible. So providing the yeah. data, um, I can imagine that certainly, uh, that certainly would help where you can prove that they broke the house rules just by showing mm-hmm. them the noise levels, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you coming on here. I'm sure we'll have you back in the future at some point. And um, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. And the listeners, thank you for listening or watching on YouTube. You can watch the interviews. And of course, uh, next week, I'll be back with another interview. See you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 Hey, fellow hosts. If you want to take your hosting business to the next level, then join the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy. Whether you own, rent, or manage properties, we have the resources, the tools, and the community to help you achieve your goals. The Short-Term Rental Profit Academy is ready for any host, any size, and includes a membership portal with over 50 hours of video lessons, a private Facebook group, and weekly live coaching calls, where Eric and I give you direct feedback and help you solve your biggest challenges. We're all about taking action and getting results. So if you're ready to start crushing it, sign up for our program at strprofitacademy.com.